his weight is not encouraging because I really love a chubby babies. Uh, we need breast milk to make the baby to reach a certain milestone because breast milk is everything. Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the weekly science and development show from SciDevNet. I'm Ogechi Ekeanyo. You are just listening to Olaya Adigbola. His story highlights the importance of breastfeeding and how it can be a lifesaver for vulnerable infants. After his wife stopped lactating, their son struggled to feed and started to lose weight. In a region with staggering neonatal mortality rates, their son's health was at risk. That's when they sought help and found the Milk Booster, a breast milk which opened in 2022. Breast milk from Milk Booster saved their infant from malnutrition. Malnutrition is a serious problem in Sub-Saharan Africa and it has devastating impacts on children's health and their development. Around 45% of deaths among children under the age of 5 years are linked to malnutrition, and these deaths mostly occur in Sub-Saharan Africa. According to the World Health Organization, one crucial way to prevent malnutrition and neonatal death is exclusive breastfeeding for the first 6 months of life and complementary feeding for up to 2 years. But Nigeria, like many other countries, faces a significant shortfall in exclusive breastfeeding rate. Both the World Health Organization and UNICEF say the exclusive breastfeeding rate in Nigeria stands at just 29%. That's why Chini Ubiwani, a doctor and member of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, founded the Milk Booster, a breast milk bank which offers a lifeline to babies born prematurely or babies whose mothers are unable to breastfeed. We go back to Mr. Debola, who spoke to us about what this bank has meant for the health of his son and for his family. My, my wife stopped lactating uh, two months and my son was, um, was suffering from uh, a, a syndrome, Edward's syndrome, in, um, and my baby is not putting on weight. So and since then, we started with the breast milk and... The baby started putting on weight. It was like 2.4 when we started the breast milk. And within a month, it was like 3.4. So it was adding like 200 grams every week. It's a great development for a, for a child with Edward syndrome. So to be able to reach a certain milestone that we even think uh, the baby cannot reach because a baby born with a syndrome, there is no assurance that he can live for like a month. And now the baby is seven months plus and the baby is kicking now. After giving him breast milk, so it's, it was a super experience. Donated breast milk plays a crucial role in this initiative. Breast milk contains antibodies and proteins essential for baby's health. However, some mothers are unable to provide enough milk or their milk may not be safe for their infants. And in these situations, breast milk from donors can save lives. The Milk Booster maintains rigorous safety standards. 
donors that screen for infectious diseases, including HIV, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and syphilis. The donated milk is then pasteurized to kill harmful bacteria and stored in freezers until needed. To find out more, our reporter, Ijama Okazu, spoke to Dr. Chini, who told us what inspired her to start the Milk Bank. What drove me, number one, was I really want to be able to have Nigerian babies enjoy and benefit from these. So one of the time, because of being in the breastfeeding space on social media in Nigeria, so when a mom, a specific mom that had triplets, she had triplets and they found out that um, she gave birth to the triplet and she died. So when she died, they were there was a call out. The pediatricians have sent the family members go and find breast milk. So when they did that, the whole thing came online. So people that know me sent lots of these messages, same message to me that this mom died, she has triplet and she needs breast milk. At this moment, there are some people that already knew that I had a dream of bringing um, breast milk bank to Nigeria because this dream was already there before that woman had that incident. So the people that knew that came and they were asking, oh, is your milk bank ready now? And I'm like, there is no milk bank. So what happened was that when they came to me, I am not a fan of informal sharing of breast milk because of there is room to cross-contaminate a newborn and pass on a disease to a newborn. So I don't approve of that. So what I did was, since I don't have a breast milk bank, all I can do is ask the moms in my community who is willing to donate, if you have colostrum, all of that. And we did get a group, a good number of mothers. And what I did was to ask them what tests they did during their um, antenatal tests. And then we confirmed to test and screen some of them. But when you look at this thing, days are passing with this, with this plan. So what happened was, I think by the next time I'm getting an update from the, from the people, the triplet has gone down to twins, so one had died. And then as time was also going, the second baby died. So it was now left with one baby. And at that time, like, I felt, I don't know, it was just an emotional, difficult time for me in the sense that this was a dream I already wanted to bring to Nigeria. So watching this woman and watching her babies, just die and that dream that that solution i wanted to bring was not yet there so that was a push for me so at that stage even though by then maybe i had made inquiries with the companies that manufacture the machines but i haven't made any step and i was not i was waiting for funding but i wasn't also making any big um process or steps towards the funding as well so what i did i just said to just self-fund this and then let's let me even see is it something that will work so that was how um that was what pushed me that was what pushed me to start to start the breast milk bank how essential is breast milk bank so breast milk bank is very essential because especially for a country that has a lot of premature babies so nigeria is one of the top countries top, one of the top countries that have um premature babies yearly um the last record that i i saw it was over seven hundred thousand premature babies born 
So this, uh, this is a lot of numbers. And when you look at it, studies have shown us time and time again that for those babies to survive, they have a higher chance to be able to grow, be able to recover from whatever illness and be able to be discharged from the neonatal ICU earlier and faster when they are giving breast milk because of the benefits that come with breast milk that is not in manufactured infant formula. So it's very important that a country as populated as Nigeria has one because it will help save more of these babies. If you look at the statistics, you also see that a lot of a lot of our premature babies die at a higher percentage than what is seen around the world. And yes, there are other factors, but the studies keep pointing us back to breast milk being a, a very pivotal um, thing that will help them to move from where they were once they were born to when they leave that that um, neonatal ICU. What hospitals do you work with and how much milk is required or requested on average? So we don't really have a specific hospital that we we will say we work with because we've not really, we've, I would say we've not really signed any agreement with any hospital. So we did talk to a few hospitals and we did visit a few. What we've done is we just explained to them what this process is, how it works, and if they have a mom because many of them don't want to get it from us and then have to preach it to the mother. So if they have a mom that they want to um, recommend this product to, like, okay, you, you, can, you should get breast milk and there is a milk bank. If they have a mom, then they refer. So we've not had a hospital that we've supplied, but we've just had a moms that may be hospital informed and then they reach out to us. But what I've also fi found is that in as much as we get maybe a good handful of people that reach out to receive meal, not all of them proceed to the last stage because some of them, they get a cold feet. Some of them, their family members will say, no, we don't. And maybe the husband says, no, we don't want this. There was a lady that came to us. Her baby was in the hospital at the moment and she sent that message and she said she wanted to um, received milk and when we got back to her and put her through the process she spoke to her husband her husband said no so I think the child was like either deteriorated further or something and then the husband was now the one that reached out and when he reached out he actually wanted to come to the place to be sure so you can see that there is also like a barrier in terms of where is it coming from so he wanted to come to the place and it was only after he came to the facility and saw where is being processed. That's when he was able to take milk with him. Before then, he wasn't happy for his baby to have pasteurized or not breast milk. So it is a work in progress. I feel the biggest struggle for us is that awareness. And because of we are self-funded at the moment, it is a huge cause. How many women donate breast milk and how many breast milk leaves the bank each day, week and month? We, we don't want to pasteurize a lot of milk and then there is no one happy to accept it. So like I said, it's still a work in progress. So what we do is we've had moms that donate 
that they sign up. So we have about six moms that have been donating because the, when a mom joins our donating um, poll, when we screen her and go through all the process for her to become a donor, she doesn't just donate once and disappear. So it's a process. They keep pumping and they keep supplying and we keep picking up. So we have six moms that donate, that constantly was don when we're donating to us. What are your hopes and dreams for the future of breast milk banking in Nigeria? For the milk bank, my dream for milk bank is that we get to the stage where we've partnered with neonatal ICUs um, across Nigeria to be able to supply them and have them store it. Like those of them that have like functioning refrigerator, have it stored there so that it's right in time for the babies. So that would be the dream because I've, I've, I got the privilege to visit some of them. And what I could see in the, in the freezer in the neonatal ICU were the formula products for premature babies. So I would want to get to that stage where those places are stocked with pasteurized donor breast milk so that it's easily accessible for those newborn babies. And then build up, maybe support other people to be able to create more of these around Nigeria. That would be my dream. To gain insight into the significance of initiatives like the Milk Booster, we spoke to AGK Oji, a doctor and the chairperson of the Nigerian-based management for the advancement of family planning. He highlights the importance of adequate breast milk supply for reducing neonatal mortality. Breast milk banks are very, very important in terms of supporting the immediately born children without mothers where they don't have adequate milk. In a place like Nigeria, it will help a lot to reduce the high infant mortality. The establishment of milk bank in Nigeria is a very wonderful initiative. As an expert on reproductive health, what are the dangers of children not being breastfed? Now, when you talk about the dangers of children not being breastfed, the high number of uh, neonatal or infant deaths are due to, some of them are due to improper use of um, feeding bottles, and then they get infected and it reduces infection. And not only that, also the children will lack the protection given by the immune um, antibodies that are already in the milk they got from their mother to help them overcome childhood diseases. So it's very important that this is done in such a way that the children will get adequate um, milk. And if the woman can produce or the woman is dead, then the blood bank will be a very good source. However, apart from all these goodies that I have mentioned, when breast milk is being donated, there are certain requirements that the bank must reach. There, first of all, there must be a good retention of adequate number of qualified donors. And what do I mean by finding the good donors? Those donors must be screened and tested to ensure that the breast milk meet all the strict safety standards. A good example in terms of identif identifying potential risk or contaminations of the donor milk. And this will include in, in, uh, testing for infectious diseases and, and, and addressing 
I'm the nurse to thoroughly assessing the donor's medical history. It must also be a measure of quality control, high standards of collection, processing, and storage of the detail may request meticulous attention to detail, and then also proper handling techniques must be followed to prevent contamination or spoilage. And then you know the breast milk also cannot be kept for more than four days if it's refrigerated unless it is frozen, then it can stay for a longer period of time. When he said between two to four days, they must be used or discarded. Then supply and demand balance. And you know, altruistically, most donor banks do not sell the milk. The only thing is that the cost of uh, maintenance is usually charged like a user fee because it's mainly an altruistic um, motive by the donors to make sure that young infants survive. So it's important that all these things are done. The other thing is proper sterilization of the equipment and then also proper testing. If you don't test properly, things like um, HIV, you know, one of the major distances uh, um child mother-to-child transmission. If the distance is not tested properly, that can happen. And then, of course, it's important to promote awareness about human donor milk benefits among healthcare workers, families, communities. So this will help recruit more donors. While feeding babies, donated breast milk can be a vital tool for looking after sick babies. Such initiatives are not without controversy. Dr. Chini spoke to us about some of the challenges the milk bank faces. For Nigeria is a big cultural stigma. Um, before I ever started this, I think three years beforehand, now and then I would engage moms on my platform and I would just throw out the question, will you ever accept milk from another mom? Are you ever going to donate to another mom? And we also had a questionnaire that ran for a period of time trying to get feedback from moms and the truth of the matter is that even before I started it, I knew that from those feedbacks and from those questions I had out, that a lot more moms were more comfortable donating than receiving. And it was a building um, thing because it's knowledge-based in the sense that some moms have given, have gone abroad to give birth and they've benefited from this. And then the rest of the other ones, like this, and this is also social class um, based as well. So I find that educated moms are the ones that will even donate. Like the the lower class moms who've not been able to assess any of them to donate. And I'm, I believe a lot of it has to do with maybe the platform that we are on. We're not really on a platform that has access to so much of them. And they will require a different kind of education as well. So a lot of it lies with education, um, you know, preparing people. But what I have seen, which was also what I noticed from the feedback as well, was that the people that we that do request for it are those that are in desperate need of it. So the likes of a mom that has that gives birth prematurely. I've found it time and time again that pediatricians in Nigerians um neonatal ICU, they are, they always send parents out, go and get breast milk. So 
like a mom I was talking with yesterday, she had a baby at 34 weeks and that baby um, is in the ICU and she's just been sent out to go and find breast milk. So I've seen this time and time again. But the thing is that when they go out, they can't find breast milk, a random breast milk from a random person. So, and to prevent that kind of informal sharing. So all it comes down to is constant education. At this moment, I feel the ones that we're servicing are only the ones that really need it. The ones that are in desperate need of it because their doctors are saying this is what we need and this is what your baby needs. But those of them that don't, that their babies are not sick really, that don't feel that they need it, they will always opt for the infant formula. So we have a lot of education to cover and also being a lean business. So without all the funding, because at the moment we're the one funding it. So without all the funding that is needed, so it's taking some time to be able to educate the healthcare practitioners and as well educating the community. How do you overcome the challenges of erratic power supply and lack of awareness? Obviously, there is no business in Nigeria that does not have issues with power supply. We have had to do what every other one does. We had to buy um, a lister. We had to get diesel supplies every week. So it's quite a challenge. We had a period where, um, for some reason, I don't know what happened with the um, PHCN in our area. And the light was not coming for like a good period of time. And all those days, like it was over a month, that whole period, we only functioned with diesel and Lister and it was expensive. And even with the rising cost in Nigeria, how diesel has gone up for that in price is affecting us um, seriously as a manufacturing company because we can't rely so much on the PHCN. We have to rely on diesel more than the PHCN and it's expensive. For awareness, is a is a work in progress. So day after day, we try to educate moms to encourage mothers that formula is not the next option. That when you have issues with breast milk, is to seek help, to get help from the right experienced expert. And if it's milk supply, that there are million ways that they can increase their breast milk supply tried and tested ways so it's constantly trying to share the reviews and feedback of other moms um on our platform so that mothers will know it's constantly trying to relate with the healthcare practitioners to explain to them because many of them are caught up like i know in the workspace so they are not updated with what happens in terms of what solutions mothers are seeking out outside their their space Mr. Adebola had to overcome some of these fears when his family accepted donated breast milk for their child. He spoke to us about how his family did this. The scared part is like, I don't want to give my baby poison. I don't want to give my baby what we affect him, maybe give him infection later. So I asked a lot of questions like, uh, how do they get this breast milk and I or those parents that donate uh the breast milk were they tested all those kind of questions so and they answered me one day I was just shuffling the net so 
I decided to search, search if there is a breast milk. Okay, I was even thinking, okay, maybe I can go and meet my neighbor that is breastfeeding. Like maybe he or he, maybe she can help to feel this or to feed this baby. So he he can put on more weight. So I bumped into the uh, milk bank. So I decided to to call them. So we talk. When I contact them, uh, I was able to to go there to meet them physically and to see uh, the environment of where they are producing the milk or uh, the milk bank. So everywhere was neat, tidy. So I had to even call my wife like, okay, this place is top notch that uh, there is nothing to scare about because the scared part is like, I don't want to give my baby poison. I don't want to give my baby what we are affecting, maybe give him infection later. So I asked a lot of questions like, uh, how do they get this breast milk? And I, uh, those parents that donate uh, the breast milk, were they tested? All those kind of questions. So, and they answered me. Putting your child's health and traditional needs first is ad quite admirable. Tell us how you were able to defy all stereotypes associated with using the breast milk bank. Oh, the, the first time I read about them, I told my wife. There was a questionnaire. I already, I already filled the questionnaire they gave me online. So after that, I told my wife in the morning. She was like, no. Why will my, my son drink another woman breast breast? I was like... It even turned like a little misunderstanding between us before I left for work that day. So, um, after math, um, um, I think after two weeks, so we went for the for the son for our son immunization, and he was the smallest. He was the smallest. So. Uh, those nurse, uh, those, uh, there is one nurse that attended to us was like, Kilo Shomoyi, like, what's wrong with this boy? So we had to explain, are you not lactating? She said no. So on our way back home, she was like, can we contact these people? The milk bank. So I was like, okay, let's go for it. So I contacted them i contact them then so so then we fixed a date then i was able to go what are the challenges and limitations you experience as a couple in assessing the milk bank there's a there's a lot of challenges uh because um the milk can be handled by by a third party so for me i from Ibadan to Lagos, I had to I had to drive. It's a whole day for me. The traffic, everything. So we even plan of maybe sending by air to Ibadan, but we it won't even work because before it gets to Ibadan, so they may undo they may not undo it with care, and it's something that is if baby is taking something with infection. 
is not good for the baby. And it's not good for us as a parent because we spent, we, we are going to spend double. So the, we really want like, if the meat booster is in Ibadan, is in Lagos, is in Enugun, so people will be able to access it. So the main problem, the main challenge is, and the problem is the, this, this, the distance. That's all from us from African Science Focus today. If you want to find out more, head to the SIDEMNET website. That's www.scidev.net. Today's show was produced by Alice Hurst with editing by Ogechi Ekeanyawo and Titi Lopoe Faderi. Reporting was done by Ijama Okazu. I'm Ogechi Ekeanyawo. Until next time, goodbye. This project was funded by the European Journalism Centre through the Solutions Journalism Accelerator. The fund is supported by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Do you have any comments, questions or feedback about our podcast episodes? Let us know at podcast.sidev.net. Africa Science Focus is produced by SideFNet and distributed in association with your local radio station. <laughs> <laughs>